Now, from the University of Okaboji, it's Okaboji Broadcast with Jeff Thee. Welcome to Okaboji Broadcast, everybody. I'm Jeff Thee. It is History Wednesday, right here from the Dickinson County Museum. And John Smeltzer is here with us today. First of all, sir, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, Jeff. Thanks for the invite. I really love doing things related to history, Dickinson County history, and also working with the Mary Dryer. Well, and we are talking about a huge part of Spirit Lake history as we talk about Fred Gilbert. And I know you just did a, uh, a talk here just recently, and, um, and let's start out, let's talk about your interest in Fred Gilbert, how you got there. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good place to start okay. because my interest in Fred Gilbert goes back really a long ways. My wife's family has lived on the south shore of Spirit Lake since about 1960 uh, in the Cottonwood Cottages area of the southeast uh, corner of the lake. And Fred Gilbert actually had what was known as the Indian Shoots and participated in the Indian Shoots on the south shore of Spirit Lake right adjacent to the old Orleans Hotel for a long time. And as we walk the beach down there, one of the things we always look for was evidence of those shoots. And we have found at least a little bit of that in the form of some old shotgun shell heads mm -hmm. that have survived. And what we thought maybe at one time might have been some of the shards from the clay pigeons that were shot, sure. or maybe some of the glass. I don't know if that's actually the case, but at least that was the excitement in part. Oh, well, sure. In addition, one of the trophies that Fred Gilbert won in, in his pursuit of many, many different trophies over the years was a trophy that was offered by a fellow by the name of John F. Schmelzer from Kansas City, uh -huh. who ran Schmelzer Arms Company out of Kansas City, one of the early Cabela's of the day. And it's always been my interest that I think John F. Schmelzer was a distant relative of mine. And so that always kind of intrigued me that there was that particular tie. Yeah. And so with that in mind, you know, there are there were multiple reasons that I actually had interest in, in Fred Gilbert. And Mary asked me because of the speaker series to say, you know, can you participate and can you share with us what you're learning about Fred Gilbert? And initially I was a little reluctant, but then after having spent some time with Mary, I realized this is something for the community and it was something to be really useful. Well, and something, obviously. You enjoy it, yeah, right? absolutely, and, and absolutely. Have, have followed and investigated. So, yeah. and you may have ties historically to it there too. And there's some really interesting backstory to it as well. One of the things Fred Gilbert was more than just the name on the sign in the Fred Gilbert Park. All right. As you drive north on Hill Avenue, you'll see that sign that says Gilbert Park, 1874, and you go, "Man, what's that all about?" Yeah. Well, 1874, Fred Gilbert was only nine years old. So Fred Gilbert wasn't named for the park when it was named. It was something else. It was actually used, as I recall, by the, as a Chautauqua Park for the city. And I even think before that, as some of the early motor cars were in the area and there were no motels, it was a place that the city fathers directed folks with the old, old cars who did tent camping to basically go and we were allowed to actually camp some oh, in that general area. Yeah. So in 1926, in honor of Fred Gilbert's pursuits as a trap shooter, right. it was renamed the Gilbert Park. Okay. So actually it didn't it hasn't been Gilbert Park since anything prior to 1926. Fred Gilbert passes in August of 1927. Okay. So that's kind of the context. When we brought the program up, it was Fred Gilbert 
more than a city park because right. there's much more to him than that. Yeah, and you know he uh, and we were saying before he was as a trap shooter in his era and with what he did the Tom Brady the the great the goat the greatest of all time. Yep, absolutely a Bart Starr in in my way of looking at the great Green Bay Packers. Right, just to make sure I've got that little plug. In. <laughs> well, I don't have a Vikings reference to you know. At that, at <laughs> exactly, that <echelon. laughs> exactly. You don't have a Vikings <laughs> reference. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but he, I mean, uh, world renowned. Exactly, and he came from uh, an inauspicious roots on the east side of East Okoboji. Interesting that his father was a fellow by the name of John P. Gilbert who came into Clay County initially in about 1860. Okay. And, and at that time was a single man delivering mail, trapping, actually doing a variety of odd jobs in terms of deliveries around this area to the early pioneers. Marries a lady by the name of Jeanette Booth and Fred's born in 1865, probably on the east side of East Okaboji, okay. most likely. And John P. Gilbert actually homesteads 165, actually uh, 160 acres, 159.5 acres. Okay. That is actually right north or south of the uh, East Oaks Estate area. Okay, all right. So if you know where East Oak, the, the south entrance to East Oak Estates and east, is basically where uh, Fred Gilbert grew up, and the property now is in Cornfield. I actually included a, an image of the cornfield sure. that was their property. So it goes back to, he begins, for our heirs at the end of the uh, Civil War. And, and actually, if you even go back further, if you look at his wife, his, not his wife, his mother, uh, Janet Booth, she actually was married to a fellow by the name of Enoch, Taylor, okay? okay. Edith Taylor actually was out of Clay County, and if you look in the Dickinson County history books of R.A. Smith, you'll find that Mrs. Taylor was struck by Ink Paduta, and the son, Enoch uh, Taylor, the son, right. Enoch Taylor, was knocked into a fire and his leg badly burnt. Then Ink Paduta's group took her hostage. Later on, Enoch Taylor, the husband, ends up being apparently murdered. She then remarries John P. Gilbert and okay. becomes the mother of Fred Gilbert. Wow. So there was a direct tie between the, 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 the classic story here in the area of the Spirit Lake Massacre right. and Fred Gilbert per se. And if you think of it in terms of the context, it was all continuous with the earliest of the development of this area. Wow. I mean, they, they tie right together. They tie right together. Which is quite amazing. Um, all right, so his story. So, for, so yeah. from there, his story really is, he's a kid growing up on the east side of East Okaboji right. in an area that for today we know is largely agricultural grounds and spring run that's managed by the state, which is many of us look at it as a hunting area. Well, right. it was a hunting area back then too. And Fred Gilbert spent his early youth actually as a um, uh, uh, hunter okay. working for profit, killing mostly prairie chickens and ducks okay. for basically sale to a system that was developing around the area to move wild products back east. And some of his adjacent landowners included B.B. Steenberg and also the Brownells okay. and also the Arthurs. And if you know anything of those areas, those are all the names 
that are associated with the, those lands over there. In 1877, John P. Gilbert's dad has what probably was a stroke, and he's disabled, and and that occurs in 1877. Well, at, in 1877, Fred Gilbert's only 12. Right. He now is the patriarch for the entire property. The property is rented out to a family uh, of Kleins who have just moved into the area okay. and it has to be improved because it's been decaying for over a couple years. Okay. Fred Gilbert now is an employee on property that was homesteaded by his dad and maybe owned yet by his dad being rented out to another family and he marries the daughter. Margaret Klein uh -huh. is the daughter and love develops yeah. and Margaret Klein and Fred Gilbert marry and they have two kids of their own. Okay. Annie Oakley Gilbert ah. and Thomas Marshall Gilbert and the important thing about that is both of those first and middle names Annie Oakley and Thomas Marshall are uh, uh, peer trap shooters right. with Fred Gilbert during that same area and good friends of theirs. If you look up Tom, Thomas Marshall a wonderful trap shooter in and of his own right and everybody knows Annie Oakley. Absolutely. And it was the Annie Oakley and he names his daughter Annie Oakley Gilbert. So there was obviously a, a, a closeness there. It, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so then you know here's this this fellow who is interested in hunting and fishing but particularly hunting the, the local f f folks around him basically decide you know his father is not able to serve as a mentor we're going to help this guy's a really good shot we're gonna help him go to Baltimore in 1895 and we're gonna have him enter the live pigeon shoot and he comes as an unknown at 29 to Baltimore Maryland into a live pigeon shoot with all the greats and he beats them Wow and they all go Wow. Where did this kid come from? Where did this kid come from? Yeah. And fairly quickly after that, he was picked up by the DuPont Corporation, which was big in basically shooting sports right. at that time, right. mostly gun powders. Uh, but they, of course, they had blasting powders and a lot of other things that they did. But he was focused on the gunpowder side. And for the next 30 years until his death, was representing then the DuPont Corporation and many of the other associated project products related with DuPont, like some of the Winchester stuff, um, right. some of the Peters stuff, some of the Western stuff. I and Probably and one of the earliest people to be a spokesman as people endorse things today and they're the spokesman for Nike. And absolutely. And, if, you yeah. look at, if you look at the advertising, He's he is just like the Bart Star of the world. You got to keep bringing that up. Don't well, you? <laughs> I've been a great big Green Bay fan for a long, long time. Even, even here within the context of a Minnesota Viking world. <laughs> so he, he has been that figure, and his face is all over the ads, basically being the promoter for these products. And he is in travels across the world, into Europe, and shoots and wins. He has this huge trophy case. You probably can find it here within the museum all the images that you know we've gathered together yeah. uh, about it but he's he's the deal he's the real deal and interestingly in Spirit Lake then he's the first inducted into the Trap Shooters Hall of Fame in 1969 but we also had Johnny John and we also had Bob Allen inducted into the Trap Shooters Hall of Fame the only city in the entire world that has three world uh, 
all-American trap shooters. We're, we're a lot bigger deal than we know. Yeah, well, in many ways, there are things to focus. And you know that Spirit, both the Spirit Lake and the Okoboji systems have really successful trap shooting programs within their school systems. Right. And, and I think that that's one of the things that we really like to tie into all of this, is that there is a history that, that precedes us that was significant and we, very demonstrable. And then we also have some stuff and folks out there right now that are really trying to relive that dream and maybe move on to do great things as well and be the fourth or the fifth all-american trap shooter that's astounding isn't it i mean yeah. our little area yeah. yeah and the legacy continues very much so yes. very much so well let's talk about what we've got here at the dickens county museum there's a uh this display is, here yeah and we have here behind us here's what got us started with mary dreyer I walked in one day and Mary had just taken over the reins kind of as the director and we were looking around talking about different things and we pointed to this display and there were there was a lot of stuff in front of it mm -hmm. and I said well let's look at that display and she says well if we can get to it and so we proceeded to move a few things uh -huh. and as you can see there's been a lot of movement around here in the museum yeah. of late and as much to Mary's credit and in this particular case, we were able to get up to the case, and as luck would have it, about that same time, we had a communication that came in from a fellow by the name of Gary Gordon, who's a freelance writer, who works on specialty shooting sports stuff. Right. And he wanted to actually look at this gun in great detail, because he wanted to determine, if he could, whether or not this is the actual gun that was used in the 1895 shoot okay. that, that Fred Gilbert came to fame on. Okay. And he, he was also an L.C. Smith specialist and he had L.C. Smith specialists in support of him. Okay. And he said, I want to see it, I want to handle it, I want to measure it, I want to clean it, I want to do all the things necessary to figure this gun out. Right. Well, we were reluctant. I can understand. It's been on this wall since 1976 when it was loaned to or given to the museum as a display for the bicentennial right and it has not been off the wall i'm sure since then but now we've figured out how to you know safely enter the case um we're able to take this firearm out without damaging the display right and gary gordon was able to do all of the measurements necessary to figure out whether this gun was or was not the gun from the 1895 win that that brought Fred Gilbert to fame. Yes. And so. What did he find? Well, we don't know yet. Oh. <laughs> he hasn't concluded. To be continued. Uh, what I can tell you is it's an L.C. Smith. Okay. It matches both the caliber and, and the uh, serial number sequence to be of an 1895 era gun. Okay. Um, it's in perfect interior condition in the barrels. He said that in fact the barrel, barrel condition on the inside is as good or better than his $6,000 side-by-side. Wow. So it's in really good shape. He's done some external things not to change the patina, but the internals of it are really nice and clean. Does that mean it wasn't fired a lot? If no, it had been fired a huge amount. Okay. If, as you look at it, you can actually tell it was, it was shot by a right-handed shooter because okay. of the, the wear on the checkering. Okay. And Fred Gilbert was. A right-handed shooter. Uh -huh. So it starts to match up in many things. It doesn't match up in a couple things. One is the barrel lengths on this particular gun is a little bit longer than what the original factory specs okay. say. This is a 32-inch gun and the factory specs said it should have been coming from the factories of 30. There's a process in which the barrels could be 
replaced okay. by a factory set of barrels because it's got the right serial number. So it's still in the works yeah. and he's actually doing some additional uh, digging into some probably really rare Elsie uh, Smith records to determine whether or not there's any more that we can tell from this gun. But it's consistent, uh, including the weight. We know that the weight was eight pounds for the gun that was used at the 1895 shoot. Okay. This gun weighs eight, eight pounds. pounds. Now, would that include the information of like when this was manufactured? The serial number would tell you Give that, that okay. it's during a period of time okay. for manufacture, not the precise date. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a little, it's neat, a neat stuff. Little little uh, mystery going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great mystery. It's a great mystery. And Fred Fred Gilbert shot more shotguns than just this one. Sure. And he represented other companies. Yeah. So this would be one. And you'll find other people in the community who also have guns that were either owned by or shot by Fred Gilbert okay. and they have come many many of them have come to us and said well you want to see mine yeah oh so that's been fun and I'm sure you do and we'd love to see everyone that would come forth yeah boy well like I say I know you just did a talk and, and this is just a small representation of Fred Gilbert absolutely but you've also got a, a video on YouTube. It's uh, up on YouTube as the very first history live series vi video by the new Dickinson County Museum site. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Dickinson County Museum, okay. Spirit Lake, Iowa, you will find the YouTube site that's just recently been created. And the one video that's out there ready for people to view yeah. is Fred Gilbert, More Than a City Park. And indeed, he was and is. Yeah. Indeed. Right. Um, do me a favor of uh, when you get information on this come back and talk to me well again. here's what we're hoping is we're hoping that Gary's going to actually publish an article that would be then available okay so it would be a description of the gun for kind of the geeks of the LC Smith world um, but in addition to that then he's talked about the possibility of writing an article a more practical article a more readable article for the double the gun journal that would include information about Fred Gilbert yeah and the backstory of Fred Gilbert as well as a shotgun in Double Gun Journal. Why do I get the feeling you're going to read that article up and down, sideways and backwards? Yeah, hopefully I'll get a chance to help write it. <laughs> and write it. Boy, that's fantastic. Well, John, thank you for and just a taste, like I said. And after that article comes out, we have more to talk about. Let's talk some more about it. Absolutely, Jeff. I enjoy it all the time. There's, I'm sure we've got other stories to chat that's about. That's right. That's the beauty about history. There's lots of stories and lots of mysteries, too. History's so. made every day. Yes, it is. John Smeltzer, thank you for being here with me. You bet, Jeff. Appreciate the opportunity. Our pleasure having John here with us today. And uh, thanks to Mary right here at the Dickinson County Museum for allowing us to come in and fill a little hole of uh, what history is here in the Iowa Great Lakes. And we thank you for watching us right here on Okaboji Broadcast. Okaboji Broadcast from the studios at Historic Arnold's Park Amusement Park is brought to you in part by the headquarters of the University of Okaboji is at the Three Suns, open Monday through Saturday 10 to 5 and Sunday from 10 to 4. The Scott Troutman State Farm Agency in Spirit Lake. Quest Wealth Management, a financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. Advisor Jan Spielman, AJ Spielman, and Erica Wachholz. Duckies Marine and Motorsports, repair in Spirit Lake. Bank Midwest, dream big, plan wisely, live well. Lakes Regional Healthcare and Avera Partner. Ruthven Locker at the Lake, where carnivores are welcome on Hill Avenue in Spirit Lake. 
Beck Engineering in Spirit Lake, B Radiant Laser Skin Studio in the Okoboji Plaza in Okoboji, 